We're back! And welcome back to another episode. It is the Saturday Six Podcast. I'm AJ. He is Tyler. What's going on, man? Another week of college football in the books. Hello! We got a lot of good games this week, man. I'm excited as always. Definitely lots of good games and uh, had lots of good games last week. Let's touch on some of those. Uh, we've also had our first dropping of the college football playoff rankings coming out on Monday. So we'll touch on that very briefly. But um, good slate of games last week. We were in Jacksonville. We talked about that for that Georgia-Florida showdown. Great game to be at. Always enjoy that. Um, let's just go ahead and kick it off with that one since uh, we probably have the most to say about that one. Our Georgia Bulldogs undefeated. Going to Jacksonville to meet up with the Florida Gators, who were four and three going into the game. Georgia, big 22 and a half point favorite. We both thought, oh man, that's high, but we took it. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if last week is the perfect example of why Vegas makes money on these spreads, because spread is 22 and a half, Georgia wins by 22. <laughs> 42 to 20 is the final score. Florida covers big win for the Bulldogs, and they've got a massive showdown this weekend that we'll touch on here in just a minute. But uh, what were your thoughts from the game? Yeah, the game was a lot of fun. Georgia gets off to a hot start, which is actually not really what we've been seeing lately from this Georgia Bulldog team. So that was a pleasant surprise. Florida just couldn't dial anything up on offense. Uh, Georgia's defense was just too much for them to handle. And then halftime comes, and I don't know what was said in each of the locker rooms, but Georgia's offense comes out flat. You get a couple ill-advised interceptions by Stetson Bennett, a fumble by running back Kenny McIntosh, uh, which gave Florida a ton of momentum. They were able to convert that into points, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a 28-20 to game in the third quarter. It was a really close game. Florida seemed to have all the momentum, and then – Georgia was able to finish out strong, got a couple scoring drives put together. Um, Their running back, Kenny McIntosh, looked pissed off after his fumble. Yeah, he did. He wanted that rock, and they fed him, and he ran angrily. Yeah, Uh, it was was a game of runs, right? Like, Georgia jumps out to, uh, I believe, a 28-3 to lead, and then Florida scores 17 unanswered there in the third quarter. And then, like you said, Georgia pulls away, scoring the last 14 points of the game. Um, you touched on it. Uh, obviously, the costly turnovers is what got Florida back into that game. Um, one of those interceptions, I don't know if that's on Stetson Bennett. Uh, corner just made a really good play. Actually ripped it away from uh, Don Blaylock, the receiver, yeah, at the yeah. last second. But um, you can't turn the ball over three times in any game, but much less in a quarter and expect things to go your way. But uh, still a solid win for the Georgia Bulldogs. You'll take a 22-point win over one of your hated rivals. Um, like I said, huge showdown. And Florida's now sitting at 4-4, four and four, so, uh, you know, got to win at least two out of the last four in order to make a bowl, which is uh, – which it's not what, what uh, Billy Napier wanted to uh, start his career off with, I, I wouldn't think. Not the worst thing in the world for him, being a first-year head coach there. I mean, you got to think back. Many of the great coaches didn't start their seasons with national championships, SEC championships, 
Kirby Smart lost to Vanderbilt in his first year in 2016 uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, it's going to take some time. Uh, I did see um, when I was there, and we go to this game every year, this is probably the lowest attendance record that I've seen for a game in recent history. Um, And it wasn't wasn't due to Georgia fans yeah. not being there. The Georgia side was packed. Actually, I sat on the Florida side um, just so that my shit talk could uh, could be heard a little bit better by the Florida fans. And it was it was a little sparse there, especially at halftime, dude. I think a lot of fans left at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, but one other little nugget of news coming out of Florida after that game, uh, for undisclosed reasons, Florida lets go of linebacker or defensive end Brenton Cox. Uh, which is one of the only five-star uh, athletes in their program. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they won't release what happened. You got to s- expect something happened in the locker room after the game between players, maybe Brenton Cox versus the coaches. Who knows? But uh, it'll be interesting to see who can fill that spot because he was actually a pretty good playmaker for him. Yep, they'll need to bounce back this uh, coming week. Definitely. Um, let's move on. Another game we touched on last week. It was a noon kickoff. You had Ohio State going on the road, really their first kind of test of the season, and uh, 15 and a half point favorite on the road. And they pretty much, I think we saw what we were expecting to see out of Ohio State in this game. Penn State does cover final scores 44 to 31, but, uh, Slow start. Their offense looked a little inefficient there in the first half, but they uh, start to pour it on late and pull away as the Nittany Lions go down. Um, able to cover, but uh, we both picked um, Ohio State straight up. You picked them to cover. So um, give me give me your thoughts on uh, what they were able to do there against Penn State on the road. Ohio State played a good game. I think if you're able to limit some big plays by Penn State, uh, the point discrepancy is a lot bigger here. Um, but I mean, take my hat off to Penn state. Nobody really expected them to win this game. Even it being ranked on rank, nobody's really expecting Penn state to beat Ohio state right now. Um, and they make it look a lot closer than a lot of people are probably giving them credit for. Yep. They sure did. Uh, AAC, the American athletic conference, we touched on Cincinnati at UCF. This game was sort of a pick them. It was like, around one and a half when we picked it. So let's, we said, you know, who wins straight up? And uh, it was the Knights, 25-21 at home. Good quality win for them. You talked last week about how you wanted to see um, what kind of game we got out of John Rice Plumlee. What did you see from him? I mean, exactly what you want to see if you're a UCF fan. I mean, the guy was controlling the entire offense the way that he needs to. He is pretty much their entire offense. Um, so, you know, going forward, obviously you're not going to be able to rely on that to go very far in your season, uh, especially when the odds are already counted against you being a, uh, group of five school that UCF is. Uh, but honestly, I mean, the dude can freaking ball out. Yeah, no, he played well. And both these teams are now sitting at six and two, um, both at the top of that American athletic conference along with a two-lane team that is now ranked in the top 25. So uh, maybe an interesting matchup next week if UCF wins and Tulane wins. uh, Could potentially have a top 25 showdown in the AAC, so maybe we'll touch on that one. Um, 
We had a Big 12 showdown that uh, was pretty much a pick 'em, and it was anything but nine Oklahoma State, six and one on the season, going on the road to 22 Kansas State. They were five and two. Um, <laughs> I said it last week, dude. I took Oklahoma State straight up. So did you. And I said, because of that, Kansas State is going to win this game because we have, can we just admit it? We have absolutely no clue what is going on in the Big 12. No clue whatsoever. Does this, anybody? This conference is just wild. Just when you think that you kind of got to beat on somebody, uh, everything just completely turns on its right. axis. And, you know, you're left wondering what the heck is the Big 12 at this point. Yeah. And it, it like, it's even more confusing because, um, you know, if you told me this was a Kansas State team led by Adrian Martinez, um, I still wouldn't pick them to win 48 to nothing. But uh, I would certainly like their chances more. But it wasn't him. He got knocked out, and uh, it was their backup quarterback that ends up leading them to this win. And uh, just an absolute blowout. I don't know what even more you say about that. Um, both of these teams, again, 6-2 and two now on the season. Kansas State. I mean, are we talking about them as a uh, contender in the Big 12? I think you have to. Yeah, they're definitely up there. You know, two loss. At this point, I'm pretty sure everybody in the Big 12 has at least one. What's the um, – uh, let me pull up those Big 12 standings real quick. What does that it, look like? It's Kansas State and TCU at this point. So, yeah, you got uh, you got TCU 8-0 on the season, 5-0 and in conference. Kansas State six and two on the season, four and one in conference, and then you have Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas, all with two conference losses, kind of hanging around a little bit. But whatever happened to Kansas this season? Yeah, five and three now on the season, two and three in the in the conference. That's tough. Ever since you picked Kansas on the podcast, they haven't won another game. That's you true. are the Kansas curse, my friend. That's true. That's true. Instead, is it is the other Kansas team. Uh, residing in that state that has picked up some quality wins now. So a big win for the Wildcats. And uh, they've got a couple more Big 12 showdowns that uh, we may talk about because they're going to be crucial in that uh, Big 12 race down the stretch. Back to the SEC. We had one that we thought – I I said it last week. I said this will either be a good game or this will be a blowout. And it was the second one. Number 19, Kentucky last week, going on the road against a Tennessee Volunteers team that just ripped them to shreds. They were favored by 12, dude, but uh, 44 to 6 is the final. I picked Kentucky to cover 12, Tennessee to win straight up. You like the Vols by a lot. You were right. What did you get from this game? I mean, just drug them up and down the field. I mean, Kentucky's just a team that you don't know what side of them you're going to get week to week. They're so inconsistent that it's really hard to pick with them, uh, even against a a favorable spread uh, so big. Whereas, I mean, you got the number one offense in college football for a reason. Tennessee wanted it. They wanted to be undefeated going into the college football playoff rankings. They wanted Mm -hmm. to be undefeated going into Georgia. Um, They didn't let the hype get too much of them. And it's in Neyland Stadium. So, I mean, it's – the recipe for exactly what happened. Yeah, they look dominant. Uh, their playmakers getting wide open. Hooker hitting them in stride. 
they got their run game going. It just the offense looks nasty. The defense looked really well, looked really good. Excuse me. Um, I hate to bash college football players. So I'm just going to say, Will Levis, you got to play better. Like, that's what I'll say. You got to play better. I mean, he just didn't look good. He got picked off multiple times. Um, this is not a guy that I'm taking with a top 10 draft pick if I'm an NFL team. Not right now. He's got the prototypical size. He's got the arm strength. But the decision-making, the uh, throw under pressure is just not great as of late. And uh, this is a Kentucky team that is quickly letting things get away from them after a promising start. But uh, the Vols, the Vols look damn good. And like we said, a huge showdown looming this Saturday in Athens. We'll touch on it here in just a second. But first, one more game. We were interested in this one, although it was a big spread. These are two huge rivals, Michigan State, Michigan. The Wolverines were favored by a whopping 23 points at home. And again, Vegas does it somehow. 29 to 7 is the final score. Michigan wins by 22, does not cover by one point. I was on the side of uh, Michigan to cover. You took Sparty to cover Michigan to win. And uh, again, tell me what uh, was your reasoning behind that and uh, why you think it worked out uh, that you were just barely on the right side. <laughs> well, other than a little bit of luck, this is such a huge rivalry game where neither side wants to be the side to make the mistakes. Uh, so I think that you see a little bit safer of a game plan going mm -hmm. into this for both sides. Uh, obviously, Michigan State, you got to be a little bit more aggressive just because you're playing. You're not the better team. But being the better team for Michigan, I think you want to go into this one safe. You want to get the win, get out of there. Um, run the ball, control the, run time the ball. Of possession. Especially when you got – especially when you have the running backs that they have. Mm -hmm. um, big thing, if you guys haven't – been on social media whatsoever don't follow any other sports account uh big brawl in the tunnel after the game so unlike a lot of stadiums michigan stadium uh both teams actually go into the same tunnel to get to their locker rooms mm -hmm. and after the game probably about five to ten michigan state players absolutely jump two of the michigan players um and just start beating the crap out of them uh, not what college football is all about at yeah. all. Um, I saw on uh, Jim Harbaugh's post-game press conference, uh, apparently, so the videos on social media is recorded from like somebody's phone, yeah. uh, whereas he was actually able to see the ABC like tunnel cam video of it, and apparently it has a much clearer view, but uh, Michigan is calling for criminal... Uh, charges against these michigan state players and i mean honestly there's just no room for that if you want to be a U ufc fighter then you're in the wrong sport uh yeah just, there's a point where like uh, a good rivalry just gets too far and this is that case yeah you're i mean i can't blame them for if they want to press criminal charges honestly because uh there's just no room for that in this game at the end of the day these are these are still kids. These are 18 to 22 year olds most of the time. And uh, how much do you hold Michigan responsible? Like, you know, I, I, I obviously um, this is the first time we are hearing of this, but you got to imagine like before 
camera phones were around and stuff like that. Like this is probably not the first time, hopefully not to this severity, but uh, you just can't have that happen. And uh, really tough to see. I did see where Michigan state has been suspending players indefinitely. I, th- I believe it's up to eight of them now that have been suspended indefinitely from the team. So uh, that's just tough to see. Obviously we love a good rivalry, but uh, you, you don't want to um, see players uh, getting uh, physically assaulted there at the end of the game. So you have 60 minutes to uh, sort all that out and take out your aggression, and uh, at the end is not the way to do it. But a uh, big win for the Wolverines. <laughs> they just barely do not cover that spread. Tough week for us both, man. Like we've said, man, picking against the spread is not easy. Vegas knows what they're doing. They put these spreads exactly where they need to be. Um but four and two straight up. So uh, when it comes to picking who's going to win these games, we're doing really well. So, um, But like I said, we had some college football playoff rankings drop for the first time this year, and there were a couple of surprises. I wanted to read you off uh, maybe just the top ten or so and get your thoughts because uh, there were there were some, uh, some storylines coming out of these rankings. Definitely some teams slotted uh, in some odd places. So coming in at number ten, This one is one that uh, piqued my interest because you got LSU, the highest-ranked two-loss team, sitting at 6-2, and ranked ahead of some one-loss teams like Ole Miss, UCLA, North Carolina. What do you think about the Tigers here? I I I feel like this is a little high. I don't hate it, actually. They've been playing really well. You know, yeah, they're ranked. Uh, above a one-loss Ole Miss team, but who gave that Ole Miss team their one loss? Sure. Okay, so uh, the two the two they've losses, been playing great. The two losses for LSU. One of them you can excuse it, right? On the road against Tennessee, Tennessee's no at home against Tennessee. Were they at home? Yeah, that was in Baton Rouge. Okay, so they lose that game to Tennessee. Still can't fault them for that. But the other losses to a Florida State team that has now accrued a couple of losses. So that one, yes, it's early in the season, but that just makes it tough for me. I think this is a little bit of an Alabama bump, maybe. Like, can we get a top 10 showdown this week by putting LSU at 10? Obviously, Alabama's in the top 10. I, I think there might be something at play there by ESPN. But nonetheless, uh, USC comes in at number nine, seven and one. Oregon at eight at seven and one. Those are the highest two ranked Pac-12 teams. Do you think they got eight and nine right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Oregon's the better team other than USC. Um, and this might just be another one where they're looking for uh, a big top 10 showdown in the Pac-12 at the end of the year. Yeah, I can't disagree there. I think uh, the next two is where it gets a little tricky. Maybe the next three or four, actually. Number seven, you have TCU, the lowest-ranked undefeated team, six Alabama at seven and one. And then four and five, you have Clemson in the playoff right now if it started today at four, eight, no. Michigan, five, eight, no. What are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people are saying TCU is getting snubbed here. Um, undefeated, they've played quality opponents. I mean, a lot of those opponents aren't ranked in the top 25 anymore, but, but that's because they lost to TCU. Are the Horn Frogs ranked too low here? Or do you like Alabama, Michigan, and Clemson where they're at? I like the teams where they're at. I think the problem for TCU is that these other teams are getting a little bit of credit for their 
recent success in uh, past years, a little bit of a legacy uh, credit there. Um, I mean, you got Alabama, you got Clemson. How many college football playoffs have they been in? Freaking more than half since the playoff has started. So you got to give them that. Michigan, they were in it last year. They haven't lost. They're playing well. I mean, they've played one or two quality opponents as well. Um, And I think the difference is, is that the quality opponents in the SEC, Big Ten, ACC is, is just more than the Big 12 at this point. Do you think th- so? Is it just like a, a brand recognition thing? Is it just like a logo thing where it's like these teams ahead of TCU are the teams we're used to seeing in the top five, six? So they're getting the benefit of the doubt because I, it's tough. But if ten, if TCU runs a table, goes 12 and 0, wins the Big 12, it's hard to keep them out of the playoff, is it not? Yeah. I mean, I think you got to just write uh, one thing that listeners have to realize is that a lot of this is all about marketing and you know i don't know if we touched on on the podcast i know we've had a conversation this season is there a possibility of two big 10 and two sec teams being the final four in the college football playoff and i said no because it's a marketing thing you know tv programs have to make money off of this so to get fans from different regions in this is something that you need. And TCU is just a much, much smaller market than uh, than the teams ranked ahead of them. Sure, and that's the other side of it, right? Like, this is kind of going to sort itself out in front of TCU, right? Like, Tennessee is going to play Georgia. Ohio State's going to play Michigan. And then Alabama is more than likely going to play Tennessee or Georgia. So you you have at least three of those teams ahead of you that are going to lose a game. So you you, you could potentially move up um some spots if you continue to win games but um let's touch on the top three because this is where a huge shakeup was and a lot of people um there was some controversy surrounding it so tennessee jumps all the way up to number one in the country after that win over kentucky and then you have ohio state at two not georgia georgia falls to three uh ranked number one in the ap poll but uh, college football playoff rankings start to take more of a precedent here. Tennessee one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson four is what the playoff would look like if it started today. Uh, any gripes there? Do I have some gripes for you, my guy? I think what it is is the college football playoff committee is they're they're looking at eye candy right now, and eye candy comes from offense, and eye candy comes from scoring which Tennessee is number one in the country at doing, by the way. So I I get it, but at the same time, they're not taking into account first-year head coach, young team, a quarterback that's somewhat inexperienced, and a defense that still let up almost 50 points to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, they barely eke out that win, or they'd be sitting at one loss right now in the, their conference. So I think there's just a little bit too much of that going on. I think they should be switched. I like Ohio State at number two. I don't think Tennessee has played their way to number one. But like we said, it's going to sort itself out. We'll see. We got a lot to touch on on that game, I'm sure. Um, And at the end of the day, the rankings don't matter because 
all you have to do is win out, right? I mean, the last time we saw a number three Georgia team, what happened? We won a national championship. And I know big Georgia guy over here talking it up, but all it takes is for you to win. You win and you're in. That's right. that that's the saying, right? Right. And some of these teams are gonna have to lose. So we'll see a shakeup next week because uh number one plays number three, number six plays number ten. So we'll uh at least see two top ten teams go down this week. And Ohio State still has to play Michigan. Exactly. Well, uh, that's it for our recap. Like we said, um, six great games last week and six awesome games going down this week. Let's go. Let's go ahead and jump in and cover six more picks in this week's Saturday Six. Let's go. 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 All right, so we have six new picks against the spread this week. We will try to do a little bit better than we did last week. Um, This is tough, man. College football is hard to pick, especially when uh, Vegas knows exactly what they're doing, placing these spreads right where they need to be. Um, Got six good ones, man. Let's go. Let's start in the Big 12. We talked about TCU and how they're getting disrespected. And uh, they've got a matchup this week that might be underrated. Texas Tech Red Raiders, they're sitting at 500 on the year, 4-4. Four and four. But uh, going to TCU, who is undefeated, 8-0, ranked number 7. And TCU is only favored by 8.5. So this one is giving me a little bit of pause because uh, noon kickoff, not necessarily where you want it to be if you're a TCU. You prefer 3.30 or maybe a night game. But uh, this Texas Tech offense has given some teams some fits. They beat Texas earlier this year. But I don't know if it's going to be enough against my boy, Max Duggan. Oh, Duggan, all the way for the touchdown. And that TCU Horned Frogs offense, man. Kendra Miller looked great again last week. Quentin Johnson scored a touchdown last week. And they've got other weapons that are scoring touchdowns. So, what is it going to take for Texas Tech to pull off the upset here? And what is it going to take for TCU to uh, not only win this game, but I think they need to start winning some games impressively in order to get this committee's attention. Do I need to say this man's name again? Max Duggan. Oh, Duggan, all the way for the touchdown! He is elite, and there's no sign of him slowing down anytime soon. Tell me the man about is it. playing out of his mind. Tell me about it. Texas is Texas Tech is the upset team this year uh, with notable wins against Texas and West Virginia, like you said. What it takes for Texas Tech is a big slip up by TCU. They have everything that it takes. We've talked about them once already. They are most likely going to win the Big 12. And if they can go undefeated in the Big 12, I think that it's kind of hard to keep them out of the college football playoff. And I think they have the recipe to do that. It being at home, too. Here's the thing. Yes, they're both in Texas. It's not, you know, that big of a road trip for Texas Tech. Yeah. But... Texas is a big state now. (laughs) TCU has it all, though, man. Yeah. I mean, they've got all the weapons you want. Their defense is actually playing 
above average, better than expected, I would say. Um, and they just do, they know how to put up points and they know how to put up nine points more than the other opponent. Yeah. Only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, uh, I think this could potentially be a trap game for TCU. Um, obviously, obviously it's a noon game. We said that already. Um, although you're at home, you do have Texas next week on the road. So Texas big showdown this week with Kansas state. We'll touch on that one. Um, is it possible that the Horn Frogs overlook the Red Raiders here, looking ahead to the Longhorns? I think it is possible. Kansas, uh, excuse me, Texas Tech has kept even their losses pretty close. They lost to Kansas State and Oklahoma State, but uh, it was not by much. Those were closer games throughout the entirety of the game. So I think it's very possible that they keep this one close with TCU. But then again, like we said, all those weapons – this one is tough. Eight and a half. I think if this was seven, I'd take TCU. But uh, I think uh, I think this is a touchdown win for TCU. So I'm going to take Texas Tech to cover this spread, keep it a little bit closer than the experts think. But uh, the Horn Frogs moved to 9-0. and oh. I don't have any doubts about that. I don't think they get upset this week. I'm taking Max Duggan, Max Duggan, Max Duggan. By uh, the spread, outright, all of it. Give okay. me the Horn Frogs. No, I, I hear you. I, I will not be surprised if uh, the Horned Frogs, who I've been high on all year, managed to pull this one out uh, by more than eight and a half at home. I won't be surprised at all. But uh, I'm glad we wrapped that one up quickly. It is probably the least interesting game of the week. And boy, oh boy, do we have a showdown here. We talked about it a little bit already. But you got the number one team in the college football playoff rankings going on the road against the number one team in the AP poll, Tennessee, Georgia, both 8-0. Both are basically fighting for the SEC East here and fighting for a spot in the college football playoff because it's pretty much all but guaranteed if you do that. Georgia, though, is favored by a touchdown and a half at home, and this is a lot higher than some people might have guessed. You got a 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Cue the trumpets. This one is going to be really good, man. I can't wait for it. I'm going to be in attendance for potentially the game of the year, potentially the game of the decade uh, for whichever team can pull this one off. Let's just jump into it, man. There is a lot to touch on here. Tennessee's elite offense. Georgia's known for their great defense. Well, one's got a budge. Yeah, the keys here for Georgia is to get to the quarterback with five players. That way you can have all six others dropping into coverage because we know what these wide receivers like Hyatt can do, and Hendon Hooker has an incredible arm. I have seen where if you if you break down the tape on Hendon Hooker, Every time that this dude gets pressure in his face is when he sails balls over the receiver's heads, into the stands, ill-advised throws, or just not very accurate throws. So Georgia, even being without their veteran senior Nolan Smith at linebacker, they have got to get pressure on this quarterback and make yeah. him uncomfortable in the pocket. If he's got to win it with his legs, I like our chances. Uh, but they got to do that. For Tennessee, handle the hype. 
you're ranked number one for the very first time. You have the best team that you've seen in probably decades since maybe Peyton Manning. I mean, you've got to be able, especially being such a young team, young second year head coach, you got to be able to handle that hype and you got to be able to handle the crowd noise. There's going to be 93,700 some odd people inside of Sanford stadium on Saturday. And they are, I'll tell you this, 93,000 people are not going to sit down in their seats. 93,000 people are not going to stop screaming. And 93,000 people are going to lose their voice at some point during this game. You guys got to be able to handle that uh, and still put up big points like you're used to. So exploit George's depth and get after the first-year players. You got a lot of young guys on defense right now because of – uh, either injuries or just or just freshmen that have started the entire season, you've got to get after them and exploit that weakness in Georgia. Yeah, I think um you touch on a lot of good stuff there. I think a lot of people underestimate Tennessee's rushing attack. Like we know that they can hit these big shots to the receivers. We know about their quarterback. I would say that he is right there in that elite quarterback conversation in the country. Uh, But Tennessee runs the ball a lot better than people give them credit for. And I think that's something that Georgia has got to shut down on defense. You lose Nolan Smith, but you do get Jalen Carter back. And he's a potential top five pick in the upcoming NFL draft. So I think that's huge um, to be able to have him back out there. Um, But like I said, you got to stop the run because if you have a shot in this game, it's with Tennessee being one-dimensional. If they're able to run the ball and set up that those play-action shots and those deep bombs, it's game over. If they get out to a 14 nothing lead and kind of take this crowd out of it a little bit, even if it's only a little bit, that's huge. Because I don't know if Georgia is wanting to play that kind of game. I don't know if Georgia is wanting to play the kind of game that Tennessee played against Alabama. Like, if this is in the 40s, I don't like Georgia in this game. Would you agree? I will. I don't love it. I think it would be – uh, last team with the ball win by I wouldn't take Georgia more than plus two and a half probably right. uh, just because of the nature of the game but Georgia has what it takes I, I mean yes you're talking about the number one offense in the country but you're talking about a top five offense in the country in Georgia yeah. And you're talking about a way better Georgia defense than Tennessee has faced thus far this season as well. So yeah. I, I think too many people see the eye candy in the offense and they don't realize that a good offense can only go so far when they're playing in a elite defense. Sure. No, I agree. I think um, I just meant like, you know, th- we don't want this to be Stetson Bennett versus Hendon Hooker. I think Georgia wants to play this game. Um, in the 30s, I think that they would love to be able to get some long, sustained drive, keep Tennessee's potent offense on the sideline, give their defense rest, you know, um, have these 10, 12, 15 play drives where they're able to run the ball um, with uh, a stable of backs that there, there's really not like one elite back like we've seen with Georgia in the past. It's kind of a uh, by committee approach with McIntosh and Edwards and uh, even see the freshman Robinson in there from time to time and Milton when he's healthy. Um, But I think, I think that's the key is 
Obviously, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Tennessee has been heavily penalized this year. They, uh, especially so against Alabama, like 15 penalties for them. Obviously, if they start doing that, if the crowd gets them jumping, um, uh, jumping and uh, committing false starts and stuff like that, that's going to be tough for them. But, um, yeah, I think uh, seven and a half is interesting for me because it's more than a touchdown. And something I read on this game is that over 90% of bets right now are coming in on the Tennessee side. And you saw earlier in the in the week, this spread was at eight and a half, maybe eight. And it's only shifted by like one point, like a half a point. And so that just that just gives me some pause because that tells me that Vegas knows something that we don't. So typically like you see like home teams get like a three point favor. Normally if you say, okay, these teams are evenly matched talent wise, the home team will give them a field goal. Right. And then beyond that, you got like four and a half, five points other than that. So that's telling you that Vegas knows something else is a difference in this matchup. And I think it's just the overall talent level. Sure. Uh, Tennessee playmakers on offense. We've said it at nauseum, but the overall talent edge still goes to Georgia, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just the the depth, and then just the 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 recruiting has just played in for so many years. Georgia's the more talented team; they're just not the more electric offense at this point. So not I to say that they can't be electric if they need to be. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I'm going to roll with Tennessee against the spread. If this was at seven, I might take Georgia because I think that they might win by seven. I think this might be a 37 to 30, 38, 31 type of game. But uh, I'll take Tennessee to cover seven and a half, keep it a little bit closer. But I'm taking our dogs straight up to win the biggest game of the year, take a stranglehold on the SEC East. And um, – I mean, this is just going to be an awesome game. I've seen some uh, other statistics thrown out that this is the most expensive ticket for any college football this game. You can't even get in the building for less than $600. More expensive than Ohio State, Michigan. More expensive than any game last year so far. So uh, this is setting up to just be awesome, man. Give me your pick. Uh, I'm right there with you. I got Tennessee covering this spread. I think it's going to be much closer than that. Uh, but I will have the dogs on top when the final uh, buzzer goes off. I'm going to go uh, 28 to 30. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Georgia just ekes it out. Okay. I love the pick. Go dogs, baby. I'm so excited to be in Sanford Stadium for an awesome matchup. But let's move on. Let's go to the Big 12. We touched on this briefly a couple minutes ago. You got a Big 12 showdown against two teams with only two losses and a chance to uh, really contend with TCU in the Big 12 here. Texas, Kansas State. Kansas State is the home team, but they are the underdogs by two and a half. Night game, 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1 if you want to catch this game. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Longhorns, Wildcats, impressive showing last week. I mean, we did not see 48 to nothing coming from the Wildcats. What do you think they can do to uh, keep this momentum rolling? Texas is the same as Kentucky for me. What side of the team are you going to see? What Texas team are you going to see? We've seen them really up and we've seen them really down. And, you know, there's got to be some kind of middle ground that they need to get to. Kansas State is still in the hunt 
to win the Big 12. They can still do it. They need some things to go their way, but they can still do it. Um, one thing that's really interesting to me is uh, the running backs for each of these teams. Bijan Robinson and Deuce Vaughn are yeah. such a similar type of running back to me and with their play style, statistics, everything. I mean, what I'm looking for is to see which offensive line helps their guy out the most. Because I think whichever offensive line can win the trenches and help their guy out the most is setting their team up for the W. Another thing is Adrian Martinez going to play or not is a, is a big question. Uh, I don't have that answer at the moment as we're recording this podcast. Um, Hopefully by uh, Friday when this podcast is released, we'll have that answer. But uh, if he's not playing Texas, could come away with this, but I'm going to take Kansas State to cover right now. Uh, out on a whim, hopefully Adrian Martinez is there, and it's at home. We'll go Kansas State. Okay, you like him to cover the two and a half, or are you going to take him straight up at home? You know what? If it's a pick em game at two and a half, then, yeah, I'll take both. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning in the same direction on this one. Um it's interesting, like you said, uh, is Adrian Martinez going to play? Um, I don't know that it matters a ton because although Martinez started off the season really well, it, like you said, if you're able to get Deuce Vaughn going, the quarterback that stepped in last week, Howard, he had a great game, dude. He threw for nearly 300 yards, four passing touchdowns. Um, he, he looked really good. So um, I think this is a spot where my gut is telling me Kansas State and so for that reason, knowing what's going on in the Big 12 this year and how my picks have looked, I think I'm going to go Texas. Like, I'm at the point where I'm just fading myself. Is that terrible? Whatever you think, pick the opposite. Exactly. That's what's happened all year long. That's what's happened all year long in all of college football, but especially so the last few weeks in the Big 12. So um, I'm feeling Kansas State, which means I'm going to take Texas – um, not only to cover that, uh, not only to win the game outright, but I'll take them to cover the two and a half as well. I like the Longhorns for a bounce back win here, um, setting up a potentially big showdown next week. So um, on opposite sides for that one, I like it. We uh, need to move on though. We're going back to the SEC for another top 10 showdown. You got number six, Bama, seven and one only loss is a top ranked Tennessee. They're going on the road though. Head into Death Valley against a number 10 ranked LSU, six and two on the year. And Alabama is a big road favorite. It is sitting at 13 and a half. You got to take them to win by two touchdowns and two extra points. Seven o'clock, another night game. This one's on ESPN. And it's really, it's for the SEC West, right? Like whoever wins this game is controlling their own destiny for a shot to uh, play in the SEC championship game. So what is the recipe for LSU to pull this one off at home? Alabama's favored. They're a big underdog. What do they have to do to win this game? Yeah, nobody saw these rankings uh, coming about a month into the season. Nope. Especially not it being such a close matchup. But Bama needs to get back to the basics of what made them a dynasty team in the – 2010s and that's being physical at the line of scrimmage and running the ball well which 
you know, we've touched on it. it, it Bama's kind of gotten into this playing seven on seven and just, you know, trying to outscore their opponents. They need to get back to establishing the run and playing physical, gritty SEC football, which is what this conference is all about. And then for LSU, I mean, Jaden Daniels, he needs to be smart with the ball and use his legs as well as he has all year this year and make some big-time plays in a big-time moment. And if he can do that, then, yeah, they got a really good chance at this. I think so, too. I think the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, like, it, it doesn't need to be said. LSU is one of the most intimidating atmospheres you can play in, in the SEC, in the country. You're talking yep. about nearly 100,000 fans that are just going to be rabid, and it's a night game. Like, they're going to be liquored up. They're going to be on 10. And we've seen Alabama not play great on the road this year. They went on the road to Texas early in the season, barely eked out a win there with a last-second field goal. They went on the road against Arkansas and won, covered that spread, looked pretty good doing so. But then their other road game, the only other road game, was that road game against Tennessee that they lost. So we've seen Alabama come out a little flat in these away games. And with such a big spread, Jaden Daniels playing well lately for the Tigers – I don't know. Something tells me that LSU might have what it takes. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win this game outright. I just feel like Alabama is in a spot where they have their back against the wall. They know they got to win out in order to make the playoff. And we've seen Saban just do it, right? I don't think this is an Alabama team where you can just pencil in a W every week for them like we've done in the past. I don't think this is even an Alabama team where you can just say, yep, they're going to cover that spread like we've been able to do in the past. Um, I don't think you can say Bama's going to be Bama anymore, at least not this season, at least not what I've seen the last few weeks. But I feel like this is just a spot where they pull it off. I like the Crimson Tide not only to win this game on the road, but I'm also going to take them to cover 13 and a half. I think this could very easily be a two-touchdown win for the Tide here. What's your pick? Yeah, uh, you read my mind on a lot of things. Uh, I think LSU has what it takes to make this a lot closer of a game. I'm going to take Alabama to win, but I have LSU covering that spread. It'll be a little bit closer than that. Maybe even a scary one for Alabama. So the only only thing I have uh, keeping me from uh, taking LSU to cover here is the last final thing, the last piece of the puzzle for me is the head coach, right? Brian Kelly, like we saw him at Notre Dame win pretty much win 10 games every year. Doesn't it, win the big ones. But it was the 10 games that he was expected to win, right? And then those yep. like two games every year where he was an underdog and it was a big game against a top 10 team, he has lost those a lot. Like, he does not have a good record against top 25. Against top 10, it's even worse. Against top five, I don't think he has a single win. So, I just like Bama in this spot. I like the trend to continue. Nick Saban is obviously the better coach. Alabama is obviously the better team. I like them to bounce back here and get sort of a statement win against what some people think is a top 10 team in LSU. Uh, Bama by at least two touchdowns. You hope they can do it. Yeah, Well, we'll see, right? 
let's go to the ACC. This was uh, an interesting for me because you got a team that is ranked in the top four in Clemson, 8-0 on the season. They're going on the road, headed to face off against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who started the season off really, really murky. It was 2-2, two and two, but now they've won two out of their last three. They're sitting at 5-3, and three, and Vegas is telling you this is going to be a good game. Because although Clemson is clearly the better team here, they're ranked in the top four. They're only favored by three and a half points in this game. 7.30 kickoff on NBC. Why? Why is this spread so low? Is it because we've seen Clemson look shaky this season? Is this potentially a spot where they could go down? I've been asking myself why Vegas does things all season and they have proven me wrong consistently i have no idea how this game is going to go because i like to think that vegas knows what they're talking about but at the same time clemson is just obviously such a better team than notre dame clemson fans travel really well uh which i think that they can do to south bend and uh dude i don't know i think that this clemson defense is way too much for notre dame I think they've got just what it takes. It'll be interesting to see how DJ does. You know, he's, you know, coming off of not his best couple weeks as of late. However, he is still playing really good on the season. I'm taking Clemson. I think that this point differential is going to be way bigger than Vegas thinks. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm on the other side of this one. And it makes me nervous because, like I said, Notre Dame has not looked good at times this season. Um, we thought it would be a big showdown early on in the season against Ohio State, and they just came out flat. They did not look good. Ohio State didn't look great either, but uh, it was this Notre Dame offense that was giving us uh, some pause and telling us, hold on a second, this might not be a good team. They go and lose to Marshall after that, starting 0-2. But uh, like I said, 5-1 and since then. And last week they beat a Syracuse team. 41 to 24. Syracuse is good. That same Syracuse team only one week prior was controlling the game for most of the game against Clemson and only lost by six points. So, again, like what Notre Dame team are we going to see? Drew Pine, the quarterback, is far from uh, – I, I don't even know if I would say he's good. He's average probably. Far from um, good. I like that. It's just – I was going to say far from elite, but I don't, it's clearly not elite. I'd, I'd say he's average. Um, but their run game, they've got a two-headed moss, monster, Estime and Diggs, both of those running backs. They got 40 carries combined last week against Syracuse. If Notre Dame can get this run game going at home and Clemson's offense sputters like we've seen it do a few times this season, I think this is a low-scoring game because of Clemson's defense. I'm going to do it. Don't do I it. I think Don't Notre Dame upsets Clemson in South Bend. The Irish get a huge win for head coach Marcus Freeman and knock off the Tigers. Clemson goes down. Why do you enjoy these bold predictions the way that you do, my guy? <laughs> Why are I, you the way that you are? I love watching the world burn, dude. I love it. I love chaos. Like, that's what I'm here for. And I think this is a spot for it. 
I just got to like, what, what's another huge upset that we've seen this year in the last few weeks? Like sure. Early on, we saw Texas A&M lose to, you know, app state or whatever. And we saw Notre Dame lose to Notre Marshall, Dame, but, but Notre Dame. in the last couple of weeks, we haven't seen it. And you start to see with about three or four games left in the season, some of these teams are going to lose a game. It's just going to happen. And I think this is the spot. I'm just calling it now. I may come on here next week. Clemson wins by 14 points, and I look like an idiot. But uh, I think there's a strong chance here that this is the spot where Clemson, it all kind of catches up to them. Uh, DJ is the guy, supposedly. I don't know. I don't know. The offense looks inefficient at best. The defense will keep them in the game. But I'm taking Notre Dame by a final score of 20 to 17. I'm doing it. Let's go. I think Irish. you're smoking something, and we need to get you into rehab, my friend. Hey, I may be smoking something, but that will only help with my picks. All right. That has got me in a Zen like state, baby. We're locked in. We are going to do well against the spread this week. And I just, I got a feeling that Notre Dame is going to help us do that. Uh, you need it one in five last week. I do. I need it bad. So uh, going out on a limb, it won't hurt me too bad. But uh, our last game of the Saturday six. We got a ACC showdown between two ranked teams. You got number 21, Wake Forest, six and two on the road against number 22, NC State, six and two as well. And it's the road team favored by four. The Demon Deacons are the favorites. Eight o'clock night game, ACC Network, Wolfpack, Demon Deacons, two teams in the ACC that have uh, played some really tough games this year. And uh, seven and two looks a lot better than six and three. I've been really high on one of these teams and I've been really low on one of these teams and I've been just about right every time. And somehow they have the same record. Somehow. This Wake Forest team is talented. Maybe not quite as much as last year. They had a really good team last year. Um, But NC State, I mean, like, what are you guys doing? I've given you the recipe for success and you're just not (laughs) taking – what I'm giving you here. I if mean, only the NC State Wolfpack football uh, staff would listen to you, man. The mailman must have lost my letter or something. This NC State defense has to step up in a big way on Saturday, uh, or this Wake Forest team is going to run all over them. That's, that's just what it is. Wake Forest, limit your mistakes. Don't get into obvious passing downs where you're making yourself one-dimensional too often. And you sh- they should be able to cruise to a win. I don't know, man. This one's tough for me. It's right there. Again, Vegas has got it where Wake Forest has got to win by more than a field goal. Right? Like, if it was three points, if it was a field goal, if they could win this game 33-30, to 30, I'm taking the Demon Deacons. But that extra point, I'm like, why, Vegas? Can we leave it at three, please? Because I – I would hammer the Demon Deacons at three, but I'm thinking NC State here. Oh, you you took Wake Forest to cover, right? Uh, yes, I'm taking Wake Forest to cover and win straight up. Well, they're a favorite, so that, of course. Yeah, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover four, although I'm not confident this game will probably be won by three, knowing my luck. Um, but I'm going to take the Demon Deacons. I think quarterback Sam Hartman, although he didn't look great last week, 
He's looked great uh, for the majority of the year. We've seen their big play receivers make plays. Um, we saw that against Clemson. And uh, I think this is just a spot here where NC State uh, doesn't quite have enough at home. We're on the same side, it sounds like. Uh, both of us taking Wake Forest. Um, but uh, on, the, on separate sides for a couple of these games, Texas Tech TCU, you like TCU to cover. I'll take the Red Raiders to cover, but I like the Horned Frogs to win. We are both on the same side for both picks in the biggest showdown all year. We have Tennessee covering seven and a half on the road against Georgia, but Georgia eking out a win there in Sanford Stadium. And then big showdown in the Big 12, Texas, Kansas State. I like Texas to uh, cover that two and a half and win the game. You're going to take Kansas State to uh, win that game and cover as well. Alabama LSU, we both like Bama to win, but uh, you're, you like the Tigers to keep it a little bit closer than 13 and a half. I said not so fast. And then the shocker, the upset, I'm going to take Notre Dame at home straight up. You like Clemson to cover three and a half on the road in a big showdown. And then, uh, like we said, both on the same side for uh, Wake Forest. But um, any final thoughts from you, man? Let's wrap it up. Uh, should have some good games and uh, – Man, I just can't wait to be in uh, Sanford Stadium for this one versus three matchup. Ton of good games. It's going to be an exciting Saturday for college football. And as always, go dogs. That's right. Go dogs, baby. At Saturday Six Pod, guys, on Instagram. Please give us a follow. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, rate, subscribe, turn on those notifications. See you guys. <laughs>